Hello, my name is Mark Taylor and welcome to the Education on Fire podcast. The place for creative and inspiring learning from around the world. Listen to teachers, parents and mentors share how they are supporting children to live their best authentic life and are proving to be a guiding light to us all. Hello and welcome back to the Education on Fire podcast. Thank you so much for spending some time with us here again today. Today we're going to be talking about Lifter, which is an award-winning immersive learning platform where teachers can easily build or create powerful interactive and curriculum-aligned lessons that bring learning to life. Lifter offers a series of immersive learning environments called Story Worlds, where students can explore real-life human stories through stunning 360-degree environments, high-quality films and digital content. The interactivity and immersive nature of the content, the powerful human stories and the carefully designed tasks and activities combine to create truly unique, compelling and impactful learning experiences. Today we're going to be chatting with two people, the co-founder of Lifter, Sadar Farid, and Liam Millingen, who is a teacher at Manor Park Primary, part of the LEO Academy Trust. And she's going to be explaining how she's been using Lifter and how that's been working within her school. Now you have the opportunity to find out more about this first time by booking on to one of the Lifter webinars, which I think there are still a few available this week. So if you go to the show notes of this episode, there'll be a direct link to take you straight there. So that's educationonfire.com forward slash 209, and that'll take you straight to the show notes of this episode. And just before this really fascinating conversation, here's a quick thank you to our sponsor. Thank you to the National Association for Primary Education for their long-term support of the Education on Fire podcast. To get a free e-copy of their professional journal, Primary First, please go to nape.org.uk forward slash journal. That's nape.org.uk forward slash journal. Leanne and Sadal, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having us. Thank you very much, Mark. So Leanne, why don't you start us off how have you been using this tech and, and how has it sort of affected your sort of impetus in the classroom? Uh, yeah, so we've used uh, Lifter for a little over a year now um, and we've used it to teach mainly for global citizenship. We try and teach it throughout our everyday lessons and throughout our teaching throughout school, but we've just found Lifter to be a really useful tool to kind of immerse children into topics and communities that they're interested in or teaching them about global issues that maybe are coming up in the news a little bit more or maybe that they've heard about that they're interested in learning about so um yeah we found it really useful because it gives children kind of an immersive first-hand real-life experience of seeing things for themselves rather than just hearing about it and they can kind of lead through their own learning to learn about these kind of issues that are going on around the world Fantastic. And Earth Day was um, something that you used it for recently. Just take us into how how it worked during that day. Yeah, so um, we told the children that Earth Day was coming up. um, And then on the day, we did like an assembly to introduce what Earth Day is and why we thought it was important to be thinking about it at our school. So we, we had lots of conversation with the children about why we thought it was important to be celebrating Earth Day. Um, and then we showed the children one of the fabulous videos of the Lifter platform, which was a um, beekeeper from Germany who used to work on the computer. I can't quite remember what he what he did, but he worked on the computer and he decided that he wanted to become a beekeeper. Um, and we kind of we watched this video and we could see the sustainable life that he was living. And he was selling lo- uh, honey locally. Um, he stopped kind of getting 
public transport, try to reduce his carbon footprint by riding a cargo bike, um, reduce his plastic waste um, and his food waste. Um, and we could just see that it was so inspiring for the children just to see how fit and healthy this man had become just from working outside and trying to live a more sustainable lifestyle. So some of the year groups kind of linked the learning that they did throughout the day to bees. So down in um, nursery and reception, they um, had a look inside a beehive, which was on the lifter platform. Um, and then they designed their own beehive. And then higher up in the school, it kind of depended on what they were learning. So um, in year four, we focused on the kind of topic of restoring our earth. So we looked at um, the beach coma uh, kind of world on the lifter platform. We looked at someone who kind of collects plastic waste and then uses it to create artwork. And we used kind of inspiration from this to create our own artwork made from plastic. It just encouraged our children to think about littering and the choices that we make as consumers. And they were really inspired to create their own artwork from it. And I think it's easy to kind of this have an assembly and talk about it. But I think if they can see it firsthand and see the effect that plastic is having on our ocean, it widens their eyes to it a little, little bit more because not all the children will have the opportunity to go to the beach and see the effect that plastic is having. Um, but when they see it through a video and they can see someone in real life that's actually really trying to do something about it and make a difference, I think it inspires them as well and it gets them to see that these things actually do really happen and the small things that we do it affects everyone globally rather than just us individually. I mean, it, it seems to me that the learning which happens in the community is incredibly important because it has that real life implication and that real life kind of knock-on kind of understanding doesn't it and like you say it may well be that um as a school in um i, li I live in central england it it's a long way to the beach and it might not be that you can get there and, and actually do that yeah sort of face to face as it were and it just seems that this is a way of of making it face to face and actually because everyone is so used to technology these days you know it makes it more real rather than it just going into a textbook or like I say or it just being just being an assembly or anything so so like does it take us into a little bit of background in terms of of lifter in terms of the setup and everything and exactly sort of how you pulled this together obviously to make it so user friendly as Leanne was saying thank you very much Mark and thank you Leanne uh, for describing that it's nice to know that you went to two different places for the Earth Day stuff that you did. Um, interesting that you mentioned living in central England, Mark, and, and being far away from, from the sea, and it maybe not being as feasible for yourself or, or children who live in central England to go um, to the seaside. Often when we speak to head teachers, they tell us, um, actually, I've been told this by so many head teachers now, I've lost count, our children don't leave their postcode. It's something that I hear all the time. Um, and, you know, I understood that, you know, and, and, you know, I've been a teacher myself, I've seen that, but it only really hit home when a head teacher from Blackpool said to me, so that my children, there are children in my school who've never seen the sea in Blackpool. Um, and that is when it really, really hit home. <laughs> um, but yeah, sorry to answer your question. Um, so it, the way we started Lifter, we all actually... It came about from a desire to tell stories in a more experiential way. Um, we were really inspired by this particular um, community in northern Ethiopia a long, long time ago. We came across the community initially in 2004 when I was much younger than I am today. Um, Leanne was probably a child back then. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Leanne, I'm just guessing. <laughs> um, 
Um, and I was a young documentary filmmaker, as was Paulina, my partner, um, who and we met on our master's degree. And shortly after that, Paulina went to Ethiopia and came across this community called Al Ramba. And when she came back, the first thing she said to me is, we have to make a documentary about this fascinating community in Ethiopia. It sort of turns on its head everything we've seen about Ethiopia and Africa in the mainstream media. Um, and we started a relationship with the community. And our initial instinct was, let's go and make a documentary about it. Let's tell the story. Let's share this story because it's a different story. It's a different narrative to the one we, we know and we've heard. Um, but as we got to know the community better over years, as technology developed, we realized that actually we don't just want to make a documentary about this community. We want to work with them. We want to invite people to explore the community and meet a number of the people rather than just focus on, you know, one in, one individual for, for, for a feature-length documentary, for example. And this required us, so we, we basically started to think, well, how might we do that? And we drew inspiration um, from technology. We drew inspiration from, from film. Um, and we set about to make our first immersive interactive documentary and fast forward to the end of 2013 we've completed our first immersive interactive documentary about this place called Ara Amba and we're invited to screen it in different countries around the world um, and it's all going really well um, you know the Guardian features some of it um, we're invited to lots of film festivals my dad retired primary school teacher takes a look at it and asks us a question uh, have you ever shown this to children and in our minds, even though we thought it would be useful for education, we couldn't imagine that primary age children would be able to connect with the content. Uh, but my dad had always been a primary teacher, so that's all he knew. So, And he, his hunch was that actually, I think primary school children would love this. So with his encouragement, we, we tried, started trying it in primary schools. Uh, and I remember our very first primary school test with Lifter. And it was actually before we even had Lifter as a brand name. So it was with the Aramba experience. And the children who were aged between seven and 10 just absolutely blew us away with the way they connected with it and their response to it. And actually, they made their teacher cry because she was so moved by how intelligently and sensitively they responded to the content. And that's literally when we decided to pretty much change our careers from being filmmakers to actually this is what we want to dedicate our life to. And since then, we, we've grown Lifter, and, and, and there are now 44 story worlds uh, from, I think, around 20 countries, and it's quickly growing. I hope that sort of answers your question. I yeah, ab ab absolutely. So, 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 Leanne, as a teacher, you can you can go onto the platform and you can sort of find the things which are going to work within the topics that you're working in or the focus that you have for any given day, and you can pick and pull different areas. Is that correct? Yeah, so it might it might be depending, like if, if a special day is coming up, so like with Earth Day or World Environment Day or um, there was like a well-being day where we did one, or it kind of depends on the needs of your children. So if I felt like my class probably needed a little bit more work on teamwork or if they were taking an interest into healthy eating, you can literally search it through the Lifter platform. It gives you a variety of story worlds. And then you can choose one that's right for your class. Um, and you can kind of create your own lesson from the story worlds that they give you. Um, there's like articles included as well. So you can kind of think about the kinds of children that they're in that are in your class. There might be children that might just benefit or find it useful just to watch the video or discuss it. Or there might be some children in your class where they're going to find it useful to kind of access the platform them, themselves, access the lesson themselves, read through some of the articles and then actually question to develop their knowledge further. So we just find that the resources are really 
beneficial to allow the teacher to kind of adapt them in their own way. And you just find that when you, even though if I teach a lesson, it might be solely on teamwork, something else might come up from that. So because the story worlds kind of go through so many issues, I could have done a lesson based on talking about teamwork, but they might start talking about gender equality and then the lesson can go a completely different way, but it just develops their critical thinking skills in in a huge way. And then that's it, you know what your next lesson is going to be. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's fantastic when things can go off at a tangent like that, like you say, and you can sort of pull all those strands together. And, and I think the, the really exciting thing from what you said there is the fact that we know that everybody learns in a different way. So to have different access points, but within you know, a theme day or within a, a series of work that you're doing, that must make it very engageable for so many people. Yeah, we just find that they're, they're so engaged within it. I, I will, you, with, when I do a lift a lesson, I'll, I'll do a discussion on it. I'll give them a bit of background information on this is the person that we're going to meet today on the lifter platform. This is where we're going to be traveling to. Can you find it on the map? And then they'll access it on them, themselves. And they're just so quiet and immersed. They've got their headphones on. They're on their Chromebooks. They just love it. They're so immersed within it. And then at the end of it, we'll have a big discussion and say, what have we learned today? What have we found out? And they're able now to pick up the sustainable development goals and say, Miss, we focused on this today. I think we've tackled this issue. Maybe we could do this. Um, so, yeah, it just encourages a lot of conversation and, and independence from the children as well. I mean, I guess the thing about having these ongoing conversations about things which are really important, aren't they? I mean, and that just enables you then to kind of have a thread, even as topics start to change or your focuses start to change, you know, yeah. sustainability and climate and the environment are things which are just integral to our lives, but certainly in terms of the pupils that you're teaching and, and, and them creating the world that they want to live in further forward and I, th I think the more they feel like they've got one an understanding of it but two that they've got some impact in that from the age that they are now going forward then that's a that's a really exciting place to be and and you talked a little bit about them all having um chromebooks and that and said so, uh, can you just tell us a little bit about you know what techs involve what does a class need or, or what does a, a school need in order to, to get the most out of the platform there's two interfaces, the, the teacher interface and the student interface. So the teacher interface uh, just works on any browser. Uh, we recommend Google Chrome, but it also works on Safari, or on Firefox, etc. And that is an interface and a place, a platform where teachers can search through content. So they can search through content um, based on a number of different search categories. So for example, skills and values, we have 50 different skills and values. So for example, collaboration, creativity, resilience, etc. cetera. Uh, they can literally tick a box and find all the content and lessons that relate to that particular skill or value. They can mix and match that with themes, uh, with the UN Sustainable Development Goals. There are 17 of those. Um, and also, Leanne, you might be pleased to find out that we've now introduced key stages and topics. Um, so that, that will be appearing on the platform soon. Once they find content, they can preview it. They can read a synopsis about it. Um, they can, you know, they can see what it's comprised of, what kind of content is related to that particular story world or that piece of content. And for each story world, uh, there's always a couple of lessons at least and an assembly that our education team has pre-made that you can use off the shelf. There is a lesson plan builder within Lifter that teachers can use. Someone like Leanne, who's had lots, you know, lots and lots of experience, will probably be building her own lessons or amending our lessons. And then what the lessons do is they sit like a scaffolding on top of the content experience. So what is the content experience? Well, it's basically, there's a globe 
and on the globe there are a number of different story worlds uh, and when a story world is clicked on the globe so if we have a you, uh, Leanne mentioned the beachcomber story which is in Cornwall if we click the beachcomber story in Cornwall we sort of literally get a window into that world and that particular one has three different scenes and we enter the world of Rob the first scene is on a cliff he's holding a massive Easter Island head statue it's quite mysterious you can see the sea you can hear the sound of the waves uh, you can teleport into his home when you go into his home, again, you can look around in 360 degrees. You can see that he's got a glue gun. He's got bits of plastic and he's creating something. Then you can teleport to uh, the beach and you can see him collecting something from the beach. So you might start to piece together what Rob is doing. Now, in all of these scenes, there's lots of different content. There's rich media articles, like Leanne said. There, is, there are videos. There are short documentary films. The short documentary film is sort of like the diamond among it all. The, the, uh, and that, those are usually personal uh, stories uh, that relate to the characters. So they're character-centric. So in Rob's case, we see a six-and-a-half-minute short documentary film where we learn a bit more about Rob and about what his big passion is in life. Um, and it's... I think that emotional engagement is really important with, with the people, with the human beings that are featured on, on Lifter, because uh, that, that is what sort of relates to the, the broader themes that are explored. Yeah, I can, well, that was, that was a great painting that you created there. I can really start to see how that works um, from someone outside of, uh, of, of the classroom. And Leanne, I guess one of the important things is, is that you have certain tools that you use within the classroom which you your go-to things you know whether it's um, visual resources or videos or whatever and i think the one thing that's really becoming apparent in this day and age is the fact you want somewhere that you know somewhere that gives you the quality content you want you want to be able to have that time saving thing and you don't want to be going through a gazillion videos on youtube to find the one thing that you may or may not be able to use and so i guess lift is a way of actually having that packaged into something which then gives you all of those elements yeah it's really useful because if there is a video that I like or there's like a lesson plan that's already been made on the lifter platform that I think might work well for my year group or my class you can just have a look and it will link it to some of the um, national curriculum statements so you can see if it links with your current year group or your key stage um, and then it's yeah it's quite it's it's very easy to access and if there's something that I've think maybe a question that might not work I can adapt it but the videos are all brilliant um I would say there's probably some on there that are more aimed for maybe um key stage three so some high school children but I would say the majority have all been brilliant to be honest initially we thought um we assumed that it would only be key stage two and up that would be interested in lifter yeah. um but we've We've had a number of schools, many, many schools actually, where who use it for Key Stage 1. We've tried it, started using it with Key Stage 1 and decided, yeah, we want to go ahead. We want to go in for the long-term subscription with uh, for Key Stage 1 and 2 in primary schools. Um, I think it really comes into its own when you can read as a child. Yeah. Um, but, but there's a lot on there. Um, so for Key Stage 1, we've seen that that there's still a lot there so for example the immersive environments the soundscapes yeah uh, for children to go and explore and experience and describe um so yeah but but i agree 
you know, the, mo the moment a child is able to read independently, that is when it really, really comes into its own because then they can go and explore yeah. independently. They can do lessons independently, which is also very helpful if you're if you're trying to teach remotely, which you are at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Now, I guess the other thing which brings up an interesting question there is in terms of, of the pupils in interaction with it. You talked about sort of the, the teacher interfacing side of it. What about the, the pupil interface? Mark, this is um, the whole globe with all of the story words on it. Some of these are series, so some of these contain numerous story words. So, for example, if I click the one in Ethiopia, that actually has 10 story words in it. I'll go to Cornwall because I described that. If I go to Cornwall, the beachcomber, I enter Rob's world. don't know if you can hear the, the soundscape. You probably can't. But this is what I'm, I'm able to do. I can literally look around the space. I can zoom in if I want to and see Rob, who's holding that Easter Island head I described. Um, I can look around. You can probably hear some of the seagulls. I can see various bits of content. That's Ramehead, um, a national heritage site. If I click that, I can find out about that piece of content. I can look closer at it. This is something to do with the English Channel. If I click the blue ones, I teleport. So I can go into Rob's home. Here I am in Rob's home. I can take a closer look at what Rob's doing. There are some interviews with Rob here. I can start to piece together a bit more about Rob's life and go on the beach. What do you think Rob's doing, Mark? <laughs> oh, it looks like he's picking up various bits of um, plastic, which I guess he's then going to take back and, and use for something which he's working on at home from that previous picture. You are very smart. <laughs> <laughs> and this is, you know, Leanne mentioned ocean plastic, so we've got stuff on ocean plastic, um, various things about that, how long plastic takes to go away, and too long. But as I said, the sort of centerpiece in all the content in, in the immersive story world is always the short documentary film. And if we click that, we can we can watch it. And this particular one is in English language. It's in England. Um, but many of them are, are subtitled. Um, and actually, that was our, our big reason for assuming that this just wouldn't wash in a primary school was because the content is subtitled. And that was just smashed apart in the first test that we did because children were okay with it. Um, yeah, you know they can pause it, they can they can reread it, um, and actually it helps with reading. Um, yeah. And I don't know, as a child, I didn't watch documentaries. You know, I went on to do a master's degree in documentary filmmaking, uh, but I'm not from you know particularly middle class household. My parents didn't watch documentaries really. Um, but what we can do is is you know by the time a child leaves school. They might, you know, and if, if they've been in a school that has Lifter, they might have watched hundreds of short documentaries. They would have gone to so many different countries in the world. They'd have, you know, a cultural capital um, that we didn't, we weren't able to necessarily access uh, when we were their age very easily. I mean, it just seems to me having sort of watched you do that, it's incredibly intuitive and I can understand how children would literally just know exactly what to do. Like I say, once you can see the colours and you and, and you can understand the way that it works, you know, I have from afar watched a certain amount of Minecraft going on in my children's lives and that kind of thing, you know, and the ability to walk through things and, you know, and create the world that you want to, you know, it, it's, it, it works in that kind of intuitive way. And I think, I, th I think you're right. I think the thought of sitting down and now we're watching a documentary has a very different feeling than we're in this immersive world. And I'm finding out a little bit more because especially within the school environment, you know, we're, we're used to working and we're, we're, we're finding out things and we're part of an ongoing sort of learning experience, which is like, say, different than just 
oh, right, now I'm just going to sit here and watch this because it happens to be on the telly or whatever that happens to be. And I think that that obviously makes the whole thing very different. And I think when it's engaging and it's taking you even more into the story and and you're able to find out more and more about the the people, like you say, the, the relatability of the people and the human element, I think that isn't, that's the engaging part which people will, will really um, identify with. And I'm sure, Leanne, that's probably what you've experienced. Yeah, definitely. I think that the children just really enjoy engaging with those topics. I think that sometimes they, when we talk about certain topics, they can see how it might not affect them directly, but then over time it affects the planet as a whole. Um, and we just find that when we when we do these these lifted lessons, they enjoy voicing. I mean, gen- generally anyway, the children enjoy kind of discussion sessions. But through using stuff, through using things on the lifter platform where they've watched something or they've been immersed within something, they enjoy voicing their beliefs and their thoughts. Um, they enjoy talking about the sustainable development goals, which was something brand new that we introduced last year, just before we started um, implementing lifter. They enjoy talking about it and how they can reach those goals. Um, and just teaching topics like Earth Day allows the children to see just how interconnected we are as a globe and how it's important that we work together to tackle global issues. Yeah, and 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 in terms of the platform, you, you sort of talked about that teachers can go on and you can sort of go through all of these things and you can work out what's what's right for your pupils on any given topic or day or however you're using it. Um, when the, the pupils then go in and use it, is that already created for them for that particular lesson or how do they navigate around the platform so that they get easy access to everything? On Lifter, they have ready set lesson plans that you can, which I just like to adapt. Um, and then you could have like a set a session a session starter. So as you go into it, it will come up with the globe, and it will say we're going to visit this person today in Argentina. And then the globe will start to spin, and then things kind of bounce. So I always say to my class, when something's bouncing, it means you need to click on it, and that's the way they kind of navigate through it. Um, and it will start with a key question, and it will give them a space to answer. But I also quite like that it's got different um, types of questioning. So rather than just having them write all the time, it might be a, a part where they use tick boxes. And that's something we always try and get our children used to um, practicing, answering questions like that anyway. Um, so it's good that that's implemented through the Lifter platform as well. So it might be where they tick some boxes of things they've seen or write something down um, and then it will navigate them to something else. So it might be the article within it. It might be the... Um, the video for them to watch it might be um, going to another little place within that story world and then at the end it will say well done you've completed the lesson it will come up with like a little hooray sign and they really enjoy that and then it's useful for the teacher as well because we can go back and have a look at some of the answers they put and see where the lesson took their thinking or maybe if they got a little bit confused by something so it allows us to kind of do our assessment then see if we need to discuss anything further. Fantastic and I think the idea of the immersive world suddenly makes a lot of sense when you talk of it talk of it like that because it that where you your entry point how you get going how everything starts to get going i mean i can visualize almost an entire lesson myself just from the way you've described it and and i love the flexibility and and i think the other thing i i've thought about before which is i've just been reminded of there is the fact that you can do it in your own time you you watch something or you do something so right time's up and now we're moving on but everybody as we said and um, takes content on in a different way but also works at a different pace and I think when you've got that flexibility you know to stop something to pause it to have a discussion about it to maybe you know do it in a slightly different way then 
that's supportive in in a whole different way which i think it's it's only now through the technology and the understanding that that makes a big difference yeah mark so just to show you the difference so obviously i, sh I showed you sort of an access all areas version of the student platform which teachers get but when a student logs into a lesson it looks more like this so they get a prompt which was what Liam was describing and then um they if something bounces we, we click it and then we say let's go then we sort of go through the different tasks this one is actually um, more of an assembly style it's called lifter time so this is now inviting us in to go and click this particular icon and we are going to a ballet studio I have tried to teach lifters a whole lesson before and say, right, we're going to do this part first, everyone stop. But I've just found it so much better if you let the children have their whatever kind of technological device they're using. We have Chromebooks at Manor Park and at Leo. Um, but if they just do it at their own pace, because some of them will listen to something through their headphones and think, oh, I've heard that sound, or they might zoom in a little bit and see something else. And it just encourages lots of different questioning. And then that's the the discussion at the end of the lesson. It's it's exciting to see the different things that they've learned or the different things that they've heard or what they've seen. And again, it's it's beneficial for it's what we we found across the school. Um, like down in reception and nursery, it even worked for them just to think about using their senses when they were exploring the beehive or when they were looking at the landfill site in Argentina. There's lots of opportunities, so I wouldn't say it's just aimed at um, higher up in the in the primary school. And I know this is probably a question which would be different in every learning environment because obviously you, you set these things as you need it. But on average, how integrated do you think this is in terms of the amount of time you'll be spending on the platform compared to other things? I mean, we've talked about it integrating brilliantly in certain days, but in terms of other learning during that time, how, how sort of often would you sort of use it? We're thinking at the moment about how we're implementing it fully. So all our teachers at Manor Park and at Leo are, are completing their training now. Um, so we're thinking about how often we feel it would be beneficial to be used. So I've spoken to the teachers at my school and said, what do they think? And most of them think it would probably on average, maybe be used once a week, but it kind of depends on how, where we think it best fits. So it's not necessarily, we need to do a lifter lesson now. We're using it in a, when it's beneficial and when we think it would be useful to be used. So for, for, for instance, if you're doing a topic on something in particular, so say if it's in early years where they're looking at bees or in year four when we're looking at plastic pollution, when we think that's going to be beneficial and it has a direct link with the lifter platform, we'll start to use it more. And so it sort of becomes your sort of go-to resource when you, you you know that it's there. And I guess what happens is is that the more you talk about it with the, within the school and within different teachers, the more they know what's available at an instant with having to do that much research through the platform themselves. And so therefore that just gets easier to use and and and, and a quick kind of, ah, oh, right, yes, I know this is here. Let's I'll find out a bit more and then away you go. You have to familiarize yourself with the platform, get to know the videos, and as you start watching them you'll start thinking, oh, I can teach this lesson on this. And oh, that would work really well in this year group. Um, so I think it's important to spend that time. But then also on the Lifter platform, you can search a particular topic and those ideas will come up and those resources that the Lifter platform has that might be beneficial for that topic will come up and then you can use and adapt it how you feel would be best. Yeah, I can already see your cogs turning in terms of how all those things yeah. are happening <laughs> now you've used it in the past. And, uh, and so to tell us a little bit about 
um, people who might be interested now in terms of finding out more, is there free trials? Is there the chance for them to explore? How, how does all that work? Just want to add something to what Leanne said and, and to your earlier question. So an, an interesting new way or not, but maybe not a new way, but a way that, that we found that a number of schools are using it lately. And we worked with a particular school to really understand this. Uh, and they've coined the term lifter time. And um, what they do is they, they do 20-ish minutes a week, and they go to a new story world each week. Uh, and the teacher usually leads that from the front. Um, in some in some classes, they also do it with, with the children exploring independently, um, but, the, but they make a point of going to a new place each week, and it's just an exploration. They go in, they look around, they take in the sights and sounds, have a discussion about what they can see in here, and then they watch the short documentary film and have a discussion about that, and that's all it is. And then what the teachers do, that's a good way for the teachers to see the content over time. And when they find relevant content, just as Leanne was saying, so for example, when they go to Cornwall and they see that there's a lot of great content there for about plastic pollution, they think, okay, that would work really well in you know, October, for example, when we're going to do plastic pollution as a topic. Um, and, and that seems to be a really, really good way about uh, to go about it because it's low pressure for teachers. It's really easy to, to lead an assembly style lifter lifter time session in 20 minutes. There's no pressure, but then they can they can get to know the content better. They can familiarize themselves with the platform better. And over time, it can be properly woven into the curriculum when it's relevant um, rather than being shoehorned in. Um, in terms of how schools can um, access lifter, there was um, a funded program which has now expired, but because we've been promoting it so heavily, we, we will uh, honour it until the end of the academic year. So anyone who uh, comes to one of our webinars will get access to Lifter until the end of term. That's free, uh, and it's free access. It's free training and free access for now. Um, and, and we encourage teachers to do that. We've just released a brilliant series about a football tournament featuring three girls' teams and one boys' team. I'm not sure if you've seen that yet, Leanne, but I love these new stories. They're really, really powerful. And I would encourage anyone who's listening to this. I'm not sure when this will come out, Mark. Uh, but if the Euros are still on, I think it would be super relevant content. Yeah, um, I, I actually saw that email today. It came through to me from from Penny, who I've interviewed mm -hmm. before as well. Um, and, uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm, that's something I was going to be checking out later today. Um, so that's great. And we'll make sure that we've got links to all of those things in the show notes. Then that way um, you can click through and find out all those information um, straight off. And so just before we wrap up, is there anything that we need to make sure that everyone listening understands or, or anything that you want to get across before we say goodbye? I would say if you're working at a school where you're trying to encourage a little bit more global citizenship at your school and maybe thinking about um, a scheme of work that you think might be useful to implement, I would encourage you to have a look at the Lifter platform and go and trial and test out for yourselves and you won't regret it, I would have to say. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Leanne. Thank you, Mark. <laughs> um, well, I think I can just end with our vision. Our vision is that by the time a child leaves school, they will have had a meaningful learning experience in every country in the world. They will have experienced a matrix of diverse and inspiring human stories. Um, we believe that this range of cultures, languages, jobs that they would have seen, perspectives, lifestyles, um, we believe that this will, will help them have a more sort of much broader and more rounded understanding and experience of the world. Uh, we believe that they will deduce how interconnected we are, how interdependent we are, and would have gained a deep awareness of their own power in the world. 
uh, and we feel that this won't only have a good and positive impact on their own education but also hopefully on society as a whole i don't know about you but i think it's a you know if i if i was if i could go to school again i would love to know that by the time i left my schooling i'd be able to go to every country in the world and have a meaningful experience there i think that that would be a wonderful entitlement um and and we are working really hard to make that possible i think as well encouraging it encourages children to talk confidently about these topics because they hear a lot about these maybe certain topics in the news where they feel like they might find it difficult to have a discussion about but if you think maybe you're trying to encourage your the confidence in your children to have a global awareness about what is actually going on in the world and maybe certain topics that you find tricky to teach um lift is a good platform to to use fantastic well thank you both for joining me today it's always the my aim and, and why i love the podcast so much in terms of sort of hearing what's available but also to have that sort of hands-on approach of, of people who've used it as well so leanne it's really great to hear your sort of insights in terms of how it's worked for you and i love the fact that uh, that it's growing it's something which is going to continue to expand and and it's like you say if we, if we can get to the end of someone's schooling and they've visited every country in the world and they don't have the carbon footprint to flow um to, to show for it then that, that has to be that has to be a wonderful thing so yeah keep up the great work and um and we'll make sure as we said all those links are going to be in the show notes so that people can click through and make the most out of the opportunity so thank you both for joining me today thank you very much mark i hope we can see you on one of our webinars as well if you've not yet been thank you for having me thanks for listening to the education on fire podcast for more information of each episode and to get in touch go to educationonfire.com Education is not the filling of a pail, but the lighting of a fire.